on this episode of Why Watch That. The ref has psychic powers that we haven't talked about on the show, kind of. EVE herself, double R what, ride or die. (laughs) I mean, they were coming for Issa with a vengeance. Well, how Um, long is this gonna last? I mean, you can only be in They're going to turn into secure soon. I mean, come on. If you plop down on the couch and something happens, who's to blame? What? If I pay for your meal and you don't finish your steak and I go, hey, can I taste something? You say, no, I'm taking it home to my dog. I pay. Get out of here. I can't even. We are here for the drug dealers. Oh my God. Oh we my are. I never, never thought you'd say That's that. what we're here for. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. that. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, hello there, listeners. Guess what? what? Let's talk TV. Come on now. We, we've got it all for you. All of it. We've got a couple we series. We have it all. <laughs> I mean, we do. I mean, this is the episode to listen to for Why Watch That. Now, I'm, I can't promise that everything is worth binging Uh-oh. and saying, <laughs> but we certainly do have a lot to offer. We've got a couple series premieres, season premieres. We're saying goodbye to a show. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, we're also sneaking around. Mm. And uh, this is how, this is how we do it. Oh, that was pretty good, actually. Um, so let's first start uh, with Showtime's new show called Wakefield. Now, we know Showtime, they kind of come out swinging. Now, they don't always land, but they do come out swinging. Their content yeah. is very much like, hey, I feel like. I feel like it. I feel like it's HBO's step, not stepchild, but HBO's like um, rebellious cousin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) is what mm -hmm. Showtime is. Um, You like hanging out with them sometimes. You know, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a horrible time, but you're always going to have a time. You will. You will always have a time. 
Wakefield is the new show. It's about eight episodes. Remember, Showtime isn't going to... Not every show is a shameless, but they go on for seasons after seasons after seasons. <laughs> um, this is eight. We're going to fill it out and see if this is something we're going to be watching. Yes. And it comes to us from Down Under. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. So what it, what it is, it's a look at a mental health institution. That's where we are. And the center of this is just one of the best nurses you could ever have at a mental institution. And this doesn't mean somebody going, oh, oh, you know, let me take care of you. No. Cares, but no nonsense and knows how to talk to people. And his name is Nick. And the question is for Nick, can he have some sort of raise some sort of promotion is that in the offing because of his wonderful skills because there is a head nurse now how good is she is the question so we see all of these people in action and in the first episode you're introduced to three different patients but do you know their patients always what does that actually mean who are these people and how does nick and the rest of the staff interact with them what are their issues who are they in the real world and one question posed is what happens when you have to re-enter the real world Mm. what's that like and can nick let go okay now in the first episode he hears a song and this song becomes an earworm and it triggers memories from his past memories of what now he is an indian immigrant or the son of them so what is he remembering Mm. How does that affect things? What's going on with his mental health? So really what's going on in Wakefield, if you want to watch it, is this, my friends. You are witnessing an attempt to present mental illness honestly. That's what they're trying to do. But here's my thing. To me, I watched the first two or got into the second episode Mm-hmm. It was holding it back from being compelling. Hmm. There are creative flourishes, but it just seemed a bit subdued in the presentation to me. It's not bad, but I didn't really care about anybody. And that didn't make me want to watch. Now, really what I think is your reaction to Nick might be your reaction to the show. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's a good piece of advice. Uh, are you going to continue? I will not, and not because it's bad, but just because it doesn't interest me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a lot of my own reading into mental health, so there's nothing that's new to me. Uh, But I do know that a lot of people say, hey, this feels authentic to me. So if you want that kind of experience, if you're interested in that, I would say go ahead and watch. It is a well-made show. It's just, it's not entertainment me okay that's good to know especially when we're entering into that particular subject matter which can be touchy for some people exactly queens is the new show on abc now Uh when you hear when you say queens i have a lot of things coming through my head i mean queens could mean you know the city or the uh area queens Which we know in Coming to America, it's important to know that. (laughs) Um, You also think, you know, uh, 
<laughs> you also think, you know, queens like uh, so that's a word that some uh, some of the, you know, LBGT community calls, mm. uh, you know, their most queenish queens. You think of Beyonce as well. Queen, I mean, what are we dealing with here? Yeah. Queens. Mm-hmm. Maybe all of it. Interesting. Now, ooh. ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. You see, the, the ref has psychic powers that we haven't Do talked I? about on the show, kind of. Now, uh, and it's informed by your wonderful knowledge of writing and the industry. Now, mm. and also respect for titles. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, we have um, a rap group. And they were a big hit in the 90s. Something happened, ended their careers. They've been off the scene for 20 years. Mm. Is there time for a comeback? And what does that look like? Now, these four ladies are played by EVE herself, double R what, ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> and her rap name is Professor Sex. Okay. okay. That feels very 90s. <laughs> yes. Now, the the group name of the 90s was not Queens. It was Nasty Me's. Okay. Okay. And their whole introductory song was about them, you know, welcoming you into their nasty world. Oh, my god! And by the way, and you know what? Tim Story is the director of the first two episodes, at least, of this. And Tim Story in the 90s was a music video director. So, like, they do a music video with him directing it, this whole meta thing, which was very funny. Nice. So, Professor Sex, Brianna, her real name, is now married with children. Yeah. Okay. Basically, you know, a housewife. Good for her. Her husband is having an issue, though. Or is he having issues? You'll see what that means if you watch it. Now, there is also Naturi Naughton's character, The Thrill. Jill is her name. <laughs> now, right now, she's married to a very religious man living in Montana. Okay? Naturi Okay. Naughton. Okay. Catholic up to a hilt. But who does she really love? Uh-oh. uh-oh. And will the church accept it? Will her husband accept it? Oh. Because what does the Bible say about polyamory? Anyway, so moving on. Mm-mm. We also have Nadine Velasquez's character, Butter Pecan, Valerian. <laughs> and in the present day, she's like, you know, a media personality. She's trying to be on the come up. And will she stab you behind the back to get your position? Yes. Uh oh. What comes of that? And we know. Seeing her in present time, did she stab somebody in the back in the past? Oh, so it's a habit. Okay. Mm, Well, because there is the fourth member, played by Brandy. Explicit lyrics. Her real name is Naomi. And Naomi has a daughter, but what's more important to her? Her career, which is floundering. She's trying to have a solo career. She's been trying to do that for the past 20 years. Or her daughter. Hmm. Mm. So what happens is a new rapper decides to go back to their old music. 
their old music comes up. You'll see how that happens. And this rapper says, hey, or, or the rapper's handlers say, hey, maybe we could do something with them. Let's get these ladies back together and they will now be queens. All right. Now, this young up and coming rapper is Lil Muffin. <laughs> played by Pepe Sonuga. <laughs> and Lil Muffin has got some problems. Okay. If you think of, you know, all of the, the yeah. current rappers, it, that's what she's like. Just like, you know, Cardi B and, you know, whoever else. Meets you Lizzo, bring meets blah, blah, blah. Yeah, meets. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. Megan. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they are trying to have a comeback, possibly, because each of them has issues. But can they work out their past issues, especially mm. between Butter Pe- Pecan and Explicit Lyrics? Because the manager, their manager, he has caused a problem. How? And who's the father of Naomi, that's Explicit Lyrics, daughter? Who is it? So you watch all of this stuff play out and, you know, it's some craziness that happens here. Now, as you move forward in episode two, that's as many episodes that have aired. We also see the real Cameron show up. Cameron himself. Now, who in the world is Cameron to them? Hmm. Especially to explicit lyrics. Because he's like, look, yo, hey. You've always been dope. I'm going to sign you to my label. Let's do it. What's that like? Because explicit lyrics right now is 41. A very grand age, let me say. Mm-hmm. So we see, okay, all of the ups and downs early on of them trying to come back together. They, Of course, they can't really do it. Are they going to do it? What happens to Lil Muffin? She has a little problem. And what's going on with all the men along with these women? Everybody here is a mess. Now, with all of that set up, with me dancing around it. You were dancing. This is like, Ref, the dramedy version of Girls 5 Eva. I was going to say, Girls 5 Eva sounds like a companion piece. Exactly. With with a sprinkle of Nashville. Mm. Okay. But everyone, let's say this together. Here we go. Stop it with the obvious messages. Trust the story. Mm. My goodness. Some of it doesn't land quite right. But in the pilot episode, I was fine with it. It had some polish. You know, when you when you think of the four who are playing Nasty B, the Queens, I like the casting. Okay. I mean, you have even Brandy, first of all. So that's yeah. not going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, now the question is, can Natori and Nadine hang? And they do a good enough job. They really do. And the way they write uh, Butter Pecan as well, is she really a rapper like the other three? So that starts coming in in episode two. So I thought it was smart how they did that. I'm going to tell you this. Brandy is something. I'm going to say that. Now, if y'all didn't know, she has dabbled in rap. Under the, you know, her stage name is rap is brand new. So she can rap like she actually can rap. Now, they're not writing it, but it's authentic. It's mm-hmm. almost she's almost like a Lauren Hill kind of thing in the show. Oh, OK. She okay. does sing. You still get Brandy singing. You get a rapping. And it's very mm-hmm. like miseducation, Lauren Hill. Gotcha. OK. All right. All right. 90s. 90s. Makes sense. Yeah. 90s. 
And Eve is Eve. We know what she's going to do. She is certainly okay. going to handle herself. Yes. Now I'm going to do this thing like it ain't dumb before. Yeah. All right. So I like the casting there. But here's the thing. It's a soap opera, ABC. That's what it should be. In episode two, some of the interior shots of Eve's house, it reminded me of Blackish. I shouldn't be reminded of Blackish. Mm. It looked like the same house. <laughs> I was like, wait, did they just like change some of the decorations? Because it same entrance of the door, then the, the room off to the to the right of the door. I was like, okay. See, I shouldn't be thinking of this. They right. need, they need this to be escapist fun. They have the storylines, but it's a bit too tame. It needs to be ridiculous. They need to heat it up. Mm. So it wasn't enough heat for me because whenever I see stuff like this, I think revenge. That is the standard of ridiculousness. <laughs> if you don't go there, then what's the point? Or the first season of uh, Lee Daniels, uh, <laughs> Lucius and Empire. Uh, yes. Yeah. Why not? Yes. Why? Exactly. Need- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, Queens is there. It's thirteen episodes, so you know it's not a huge commitment. The things that concern me, like you brought up the show Nashville, which also was on ABC, um, you know, shows like Empire. When you write original music mm-hmm. for 20 something episodes, it mm-hmm. shows. So maybe 13 is as far as music goes, is just enough yeah. to um, to. And you know, they have whistle. Nas involved, I believe. Cameron, of course, is involved mm-hmm. in writing. So, you know. We'll see with that. Now, we need to move on mm-hmm. because two shows have premiered and they're big, huge shows. Both happen to be on HBO. One is in its 11th season. Good gracious. <laughs> the other is in its final season. Oh. Saying goodbye. And let's start with that. Insecure is back mm. for its final season. We did not know that it was that season four was the penultimate season. Mm -hmm. It was announced well after season four had finaled. And let me tell you, insecure fans were distraught. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you're not on social media like that. I mean, they were coming for Issa with a vengeance. Well, how Um, long is this going to last? I mean, you can only be they're going to turn it into secure soon. I mean, come on. Exactly, and if it would be sad if they didn't um, soon be secure. But Issa did announce it via social media. They had a big, huge hurrah off. Now, remember, this is only ten episodes, so you can best believe that everybody's going to be savoring each episode and reading into it and that. Um, But as we remember from last season. It wasn't a good season for Issa and Molly. Mm. They were at odds, bickering, fighting to the point of not even speaking. To the point of looking in a restaurant, one of them's there, and guess what? The other one walks away. Mm-hmm. These are best friends. Yeah. We also know from last season, Jay was out of the picture. Mm. Jay got back in the picture. Mm. Him and Issa are back on it kind of was sudden came out of nowhere and they were having a good time they were really into each other and then you will i'm sure pick it up a bomb 
was dropped on Issa and Jay for that matter. Um, Wait, I'm saying Jay like his real names. Yeah, well, you're saying Issa and Jay, so it's tracking. Right, right. Um, (laughs) Well, a bomb was dropped and you're going to tell us, you're going to remind us of that Mm -hmm. bomb that was dropped. And then, of course, we know we had some pretty intense um, seasons for the rest of the Friends with, you know, postpartum, a postpartum depression for some. Mm -hmm. And others are just as straight shooting as they've ever been. Um, (laughs) And uh, why don't you take us through where we are this season? Because we pretty much left everybody in a mess. Yes. Uh, And just so you know, two episodes have aired as of taping. I've seen the first only. Um, and when we are watching that first episode of this final season, we essentially are back with Issa and Molly and friends. <laughs> okay. So we also have Natasha Rothwell's character, Kelly, and Amanda Seal's character, Tiffany. And of course, Tiffany's husband. They all go back to Stanford. It is time for a reunion. So that's where they all met. And, you know, it's Black people at Stanford, so, you know, you know each other. And we know that Issa Rae went to Stanford, so it's super personal. Exactly. So, and Issa is now, you know, a burgeoning entrepreneur. She's going to be on a panel to speak about that. How does that go? It's called Insecure. (laughs) And who do they meet at this reunion? An old friend who dances at the reunion like... I don't know. It's some sort of late night club. I mean, you have to watch this to see it. And that's mm. their reaction. If you could see the ref's face, that's how they look at her okay. when they finally see her. But then does she pull them in? Who is this wild person, by the way? And how does she figure in the relationship between Issa and Molly? Because mm-hmm. it's still fraught. It's still tense. But there's been time that has elapsed. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, when you've had an argument with somebody yep. and you kind of want to get over it, but you can't quite sense it right. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to say. And after the episode, they always talk about the episodes. So if you watch the after the episode, they'll talk about this. Uh, Issa, the director and the showrunner. So, okay, they've got to work through it. And this person helps them to do it in a way you will not see. Oh, uh oh. Now, after this experience, Issa has some revelations. How does that affect her relationship with Lawrence? When mm. she gets back at the end of episode one, what comes of that? Is the question. Let me say something to Lawrence. Lawrence, dude, find someone else. Well, he did. <laughs> And that's why we're in the situation. Well, yes, we are, but do it again. Uh-oh. Okay, and then and be uh, safer. Uh-oh. Now, okay. when it comes to Kelly, one of my favorites, played by Natasha. <laughs> if you want, if you doubt Natasha, if you think, oh, that's Natasha Rothwell, go watch that other show on HBO that we talked about. White okay. Lotus. Go ahead and see the range. Plus, she's a anyway. She's a writer. She's a writer. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's introduced in episode one, and I wonder if they'll track this, is what's Kelly's 
relationship to how people see her. Does mm. she always want to be the joke? I wonder how far they're going to go into that with Kelly. Mm-hmm. How did that start? And how will it end? And when it comes to Tiffany, Tiffany is just there. The husband is there. She mm-hmm. seems fine right now. Will that last? We don't know. Now, we also know that Neil Brown Jr. will show up again in this cast. Thank you very much. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he can talk some sense into Lawrence. So that's where we are as of the first episode. Wait, what you're is- not going to remind the listeners of the big bomb that was dropped in Issa and Lawrence's? I didn't want to. There was another woman involved that you mentioned. And you can imagine if, I mean, you know. You can imagine. If you watch the show, you know what that bomb is. If you don't, then we won't give it away. But oh, you can imagine. You, you, just, you don't like giving away anything. I don't. Stingy. I don't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Understood. Understood. Well, yeah. there it is again. As But what I will say, though, Ref, oh. um, just to wrap it up. My thing about Insecure is they, are, to me, are so focused on relationships that they've forgotten the story. Mm-hmm. And they, when it was at its best, they had both. So that's my question to them. Because even when I listened to them talk, it was all about relationship. But what is the story? Why are we watching this outside of, oh, we have to see Issa and Molly and all that? Because frankly, I don't care about Issa and Molly. That's just me. Sorry. Well, there you have it. But let's move on to another show on HBO called Curb Your Enthusiasm. You may have heard it. <laughs> heard of it before. It's, uh, listen, if there's anyone in Hollywood that has actually invited to be canceled, like, you, he, he is not, can, you cannot cancel this person. I mean, Dave Chappelle's trying to get canceled. He can't manage oh. it. And then there, I, we were. Li- I was literally talking um, to someone about this, about Larry David, and that how there are very few comedians who actually cannot be canceled because mm. they have made a whole career of offending people. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm if you watch the show for all of its episodes or for two episodes. I am sure you have written or tweeted someone if you're easily offended. I, there's no way you can make it. I don't think you can make it through 20 minutes oh, <laughs> of a show. Five, five, five minutes. minutes without being thoroughly offended or laughing your pants off. Yes. Well said. And let me tell you something, because two episodes of this have uh, have now aired. And I've seen both. And in the second episode, I mean, they are like saying, come on and cancel us. I mean, it is like the, the idea of it. I I can't even say it. Anyway, so the pandemic has happened. Oh, I can even imagine. I can even imagine. But what they did in this, and this is what I appreciate. It is over in this universe. Mm. It has passed. So what does a post-pandemic world look like, according to Larry David? Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Now, he has a friend. And... This friend, and you'll see who it is if, if you know uh, Albert Brooks. It's Albert Brooks. And Albert Brooks in the first episodes decides that, hey, you know what? All these funerals that people have, you know, it, it's for the living. What, what about the people, the person who's died? 
What if you can have a funeral while you're still living? Now to do this, you're not at the funeral. You watch off somewhere else. You know, you have a video feed, you watch what everybody would say, it all goes through. So of course he asks Larry to participate. What does Larry think of this? And someone else who participates is John Hamm. Now, keep in mind that John Hamm was supposed to play Larry or something like that if we're tracking the show. How did that pan out? And what's John Hamm's opinion of Larry? What was the test audience's opinion of John Hamm playing a Larry-like character? John Hamm will tell you. <laughs> so that's really the center of episode one. Also, there's a question posed. If you plop down on the couch and something happens, who's to blame? <laughs> what? So imagine what? you're you're at a party, you have things in your hand, someone plops down on the couch. What could happen? And who would be to blame? What only Larry did who <laughs> what are we what? And this involves his manager, best friend, Jeff Green played by Jeff Garland, his wife, played by Susie Espin. She plops. Larry's sitting. Who's to blame? Because in episode one, Larry is dating Lucy Liu. Yes, yes, yes. And and, and some of these people, they, it's really John Hamm, it's really Lucy Liu playing yeah. themselves. You know, fictionalized but, uh, uh, versions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, at this moment, something happens. Because imagine everybody, you know, people, especially in LA, they love having glass doors. You know, you got to see the outside. But what's the danger of having so many glass doors? Well, Larry finds out and Lucy Lou looks at him and goes, hmm, you'll see what that means. <laughs> now, J.B. Smoove also plays, you know, Larry's live-in friend. He lives in the guest house. I mean, Look, JB don't, doesn't care. He's living there. It's his house. Larry <laughs> has to tell him, look, you can't just use any bathroom in here. Which Larry, which one's off? Which one's off limits, Larry? Okay. <laughs> so essentially that's episode one. But we do find out, and this leads us into episode two, that Larry has an idea of a show about him as a young man. And he sells the show to Netflix. So, of course, they do a whole joke on Netflix because this is HBO. Of course. So, they goes in a Netflix building. You see the executives there, all of that. All the pillows have Netflix on it. Netflix is everywhere. They have the posters, all their shows up. And the executive in, in charge, his name is Don Jr. Now, what could that be? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Also, the whole staff there. It's an inclusive per person's just dream. Every single possible permutation of group is represented in about four people. <laughs> <laughs> so how does Larry interact with them? Because something happens in episode one that involves his pool. Because in LA, everybody... In California, if you build stuff at, at home, you have to all these codes you have to follow. It's mm -hmm. a completely crazy. And Larry didn't do something. And there was an intruder in his house. But who's the one who's in legal jeopardy? Oh, him or the intruder. And this leads to him having to cast someone in his show that he would otherwise ignore. 
Who is this person? And how can he get them into the show past these Netflix executives who have ideas of who should be casted? And then there is a star who shows up in episode two who will play Larry. But how does Larry interact with him? Because Mm. what's Larry's opinion of dogs is a real question. Are dogs like humans? Okay. Who's supposed to take precedence here? Okay. If I pay, excuse me, breath. If I pay for your meal and you don't finish your steak and I go, hey, can I taste something? You say, no, I'm taking it home to my dog. I pay. Get out of here. I can't even. (laughs) So that's enough. You'll see even more in season 11 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Look, if you see Curb Your Enthusiasm, keep watching. Were these the funniest of Curb Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes ever? No, but it is so nice to be back in Larry David's world where anything can go. We don't have to worry about being canceled and whoever else is coming. It doesn't matter because I didn't tell you the storyline in episode two that involves a dentist and his manager and the hygienist in the hygienist, sorry, in the office. I didn't get to that, but you'll see what comes of that. And I, I can't say it because I'm not going to get canceled. So Don't. that's Curb. It is still with us. And thank you. I especially appreciate because I was worried how they handled the pandemic. Well, let's say thank you to another show that has concluded its second season on Hulu yeah. called Wu-Tang, an American saga. Now, You really and thoroughly enjoyed season one. You were very much um, enthusiastic, if I could say that, um, about what they did with not only some of, you know, the genre's most well-known rap artists, but also one of the most well-known stories. And um, the question really becomes, if season one was such a sneaky hit and they gave it a season two, Um, was it worthy of its gift of a season two? And also, let's think, if you are a Wu-Tang fan, Mm. which many people who are watching this are either learning about Wu-Tang or huge fans, Mm -hmm. if you're a Wu-Tang fan, were you able to enjoy the breaking, and not the breaking down, but like breaking the story, like the breaking of these wonderful artists that we've grown to love as a group and individually solo artists were you able to enjoy that or were they just milking it and inching it along to the point where you couldn't in your mind as a fan mark those certain places that we all know um when it comes to Wu-Tang yeah yeah um so this season was a mixed bag but what does that mean now we start off right on the heels of the end of season one where uh, RZA has to get out of New York because of a criminal aspect. You'll see what that is. So he and his family go to like Ohio or whatever. And keep in mind, his sister um, is going to have a baby with ghosts. Okay. What's that like? Ghost is with him. Travels on out of state with the family. So that's with, you know, he has a younger brother. He has his mother, played by Erica Alexander. And he has his mother's love interest, okay, played by Mr. Bokeem Woodbine, who talks about, look, they got good soil up there in Ohio. (laughs) Okay? Now, 
if you are running away, can you really run away or do you bring all of the problems with you? Because they don't last in Ohio long. Now, he does have a girlfriend there, Rizza does and so on, but he got to come on back to New York. Why? Well, it's more than one reason. But one thing he comes to is he needs to get this group of guys together. All these guys he knows who can rap, they all need to come together. He has a way to do this. Because remember, when he had his solo deal, it didn't go so well. We saw that in season one. So he understands the way the game plays, okay? So he wants to orchestrate a deal where, as a group, each member has some sort of autonomy. How can he do that in this music business? Mm -hmm. Now, he needs some help. First of all, you got to bring together all kinds of people, most notably Ghost and Raekwon. Now, if you saw season one, you go, I don't even know how this happened. Mm. Okay. You shooting at people's family. I I don't know. Wheelchairs. You know, you got all kind of Look, things happening. Uh, uh, so how, how could this be? How could they, how could he have gotten them together? Now, helping him is his older brother, Divine, and somebody mm-hmm. else he doesn't like, Power. That, that ghost doesn't like power because power was with Raekwon. So they have to have a meeting of the minds to get all of them together, all on the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> now, if they can come together, then what about everybody else? Jizza, ODB, Method Man. Then we get to inspect the deck, Capadonna, and so on. How do they all come together? And after you get through the first few episodes, you start seeing how he's building this music for them. What the RZA thought, how he planned it, his process, how they all fit. Because he sees them really as an orchestra. Who do you get to do a hook if you need it? Method Man. Mm -hmm. How does this come to be? Right? And how can they get the attention of the industry? Whose attention? Now, we know what happens in the end, but do you know how? And you have some people showing up, Lala, playing executives at Def Jam. And there's a certain part of her anatomy that needs to do something for her to like you. Now, she'll tell you what that is. Can they get that to happen? Can they sell their own music without a record deal? And there is somebody who's very interested in them. He hears when they're single, protect your neck. Finally hits the radio. He's in a cab. Stop, he tells the cab driver. Wait, I know these guys. Can he get them to sign? Because he has a fledgling label. They don't have as much money. But can he give them something that no other label will? Because keep in mind, one of the brilliant things that RZA and Divine did and Power helping them is they orchestrated a deal where signing the group is not signing every individual member. Each individual member can get their own deal from any record label. Now, we know that the first two were ODB and Method Man. How do they feel about what was going on? Because RZA was left in charge. 
So does he have to make some tough calls? What they consider to be best for them, does he agree? And who's going to be right in the end? Now, at the end of season two, we see how all of this comes to fruition. How they really get to a, a point where you go, okay, they are making it. And the, the, the great thing is that even if you live through this, mm-hmm. it took me to that time and I was rooting for them. Oh, good. It almost felt like I didn't know whether they were going to make it. Oh. So it was so much fun watching them. And of course, this is so well cast. I mean, Ashton Sanders, Shamik Moore, Sadiq Saunderson, Julian Elijah Martinez, Marcus Callender, uh, mm-hmm. Zoli Griggs is in this. We have David, Dave East Brewster playing Method Man, who has his own, uh, you know, record deal. TJ Adams, John Xavier Young, and so on and so forth. So many. The thing about this show is the feel of it. Right, right. Is season two as successful as season one? I will not say that. The opening episodes, they had to find their way. They were being more creative this this season. But sometimes Mm -hmm. that creativity was a curse. Sometimes it was a blessing. Like the episode when they were on the Staten Island Ferry, we didn't need a whole episode of that. Okay? And there are other episodes. There's one where they show us the RZA's process through making a song. Okay, that's not a whole episode. It's a part. But then there are other things that did work, like Mm -hmm. when RZA's trying to figure out what deal to take. How does he talk to himself? That was good. So I would say the second half of this season is where they really start to get it together. But even with the ups and downs of all of that, I always wanted to watch it. I was always entertained. And I do want to see a season three. If you are a Wu-Tang fan, you have to watch it. If you are not, still watch it and see whether you like it. There you have it. Most likely Hulu will hear your cry and uh, give you a special extra season. Now let's go into the sneak peeks. Oh, why watch that sneak peek? It's important for us to realize that there is a series coming to an end this season. And we're talking about Narcos, Mexico. This is season three. It premieres on this Friday as of taping. So that's the fifth. And the poster says the final blow. That's the tagline. Now you can play with those words and figure out what that means, but it is the final season for Narcos Mexico. We've got a new showrunner, 10 new episodes coming our way. Remember, Netflix isn't going to tease it out. It'll, they'll let you just go. They'll let you blow right through it. <laughs> well, so this is the final season of Narcos Mexico, as you were saying. And after season two, we know that Diego Luna's character, Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo, is gone. Bye-bye. No mas. And he was trying to bring all of the different cartels together to rule. One ring to rule them all. But he ain't no more. Mm-hmm. So what happens in his aftermath? Well, there are three locations with three different cartels that are trying to work out their whole system. Now, in one location, Juarez is Mr. Amado. What did he do with Mr. Gallardo? 
what was his role. Now, Amato does have a plan. He just come out of prison. He has a plan to take over them all. How? Now, keep in mind that if you have the business industry behind you, if you have the politicians behind you, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yes, you can. But how can you get that to happen? And how can you keep them behind you or in front of you? Now, there's also the Sinaloans. Mm-hmm. Now, the Sinaloans include Mr. El Chapo, as we know him. But this is El Chapo before he is El Chapo. Uh-oh. And he has to have a little prison stint. And he meets the uncle of Amado in this prison. Who tries to show him the ropes? Because the question is, is El Chapo going to become the boss? Or is he going to continue to defer? Does he learn by the end of this season? Now, there's also, in Tijuana, we have the Arrellano family. Look at you, flexing. Now, they were here before. All of them were here before. And this family, you know, they have a lot of control. But is it crumbling? Hmm. Because there is one player who doesn't really want to take sides. And he has this boating business. He's friends with El Chapo. He works well with the Arellanos. But that comes at a cost for the Arellanos. Is it time for him to pay up? And if they make him pay, what will he do? And his name is Mayo. So we have these three factions trying to, of course, have as much power as they can. And the Arellano family, they have a little trick up their sleeves because they are in good with rich kids. Mm. And, you know, rich kids want to be involved in all of this. So how can they use them? Right. Now, a problem is, of course, the DEA in this country is still on the prowl. And Scoot McNary is still here as the DEA agent. We love Scoot. We just love Scoot. Don't we? So is he going to come on back down to Mexico? And when he does, who's going to help him? We saw how that went in the previous season. How's it going to go in this season? Also in Juarez, back to Amado's territory, there is a cop. Now this cop, they don't make a lot of money. So how are you going to get money? He does some illegal things crossing the border. But he's tasked with finding someone's missing daughter. There are young women going missing in Juarez. Who's behind it? Does it have something to do with Amado? Amado does have a crazy brother, Vicente. Mm. And this cop, because of his relationship, what will the DEA want to do with him? And will he be amenable? Hmm. Also, back in Tijuana, where the Adellanos are, there is La Voz, the voice, newspaper. And they have no problem exposing all of these people if they have the right information. And there's a particular journalist. She wants to know the truth about the Adellanos. Can she get to the truth? And at what cost? Can she handle the truth? Well, I don't, well, and by the way, she provides the voiceover this season. 
Oh, nice. Interesting. Interesting. Is it? Mm-hmm. So as you can tell from what I'm saying so far, there's a lot going on. It's a lot. I can't even, can't even. How did I even remember all of that? I don't know. I was watching it going, I've got to remember these locations and these people. There's no other way to do it. So the question is, can all of this coalesce into a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts? Mm. No. Okay. This show is about the drogas. It is narcos. It's the drugs. Look. Mm -hmm. The missing young women in Mexico, very important, is that this show. If you don't tie it into las drogas... <laughs> I don't know. The the la voz, okay, great. I don't care. Mm. We are here for the drug dealers. Oh my god. Oh, we are. I never, never thought you'd say That's that. what we're here for. In Narcos, we had Escobar. Up to now, we had Gallardo. They were unifying forces. You don't have that here. And I'm like, well, who should it be? Should it be Amado? Should it be Chapo? Which one? It, it ain't the Arianos. I was not interested in them at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, there's a sister in the Ariano family. She marries a guy. What happens to him? If you are dealing drugs, you're going to have to pay the price. I don't have time for this nonsense. Like, stop being ridiculous. <laughs> we are here for the drugs. <laughs> we are. And there's a moment and all of this is based on history, everybody. Mm. There is a moment in this show, in, in season three, when I went, ooh, maybe they've gotten it. There is an international incident that happens because El Chapo's trying to get out and the Arellanos don't want him to. They have a shootout in an airport and somebody is caught in the crossfire. And I thought, oh, here we go. No, here we don't mm. go. They were trying to do too much in this season and they forgot what got them here. And that was a shame. Well, now, is it terrible? It is not. If you've seen the previous two seasons, should you watch season three? <laughs> I would say certainly, certainly start <laughs> checking it out. But I wouldn't binge this season. I would okay. not. I would take it in doses and I will tell you everybody, you might need to have your notebooks handy to know who's what and what's going on. Because my brother was like, what is going on? And I had to say, well, here's Tijuana, here's, you know, Juarez, here's Sinaloa, here's El Paso and all this other stuff. He was like, good for you. And we were helping each other out. He remembered some stuff and I remember some stuff. That's not why I'm here. I am not on your payroll. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it sounds like you just blew off some steam so we're gonna you know <laughs> blow good, along to good. dr brain which is on apple tv plus and the first episode premieres november 3rd um which you know is the day after this we are, we just love apple tv plus thank you for for doing what you do and giving us access this yeah. is a new show. We already know Apple TV Plus is one of those networks that's very quickly making a name for itself, investing in high caliber talent. Mm. And so either it's going to be on screen 
on the pad writing or directing sometimes all three sometimes two sometimes none but they're trying they're trying they are yes and and we commend apple tv plus keep it coming um do i like everything they do no but i appreciate their their energy their their vision i'll say it that way um by the way everybody if you have an Apple product and the new operating system comes out, you might want to wait until they fix it. Some problems are happening. Now, in Dr. Brain, we have a Korean TV show. Uh Uh-oh, Netflix Squid Game. Now we have this. Now we have this. See what Bong Joon-ho did? Let me tell you something. Not what he did. It's what they finally recognized. Exactly. And we had shoplifters and all that. We, yeah. Well, and before that, yeah. Now shoplifters is, is Japan, and you know, but let, let's. But bring it, it opened up. You know what I'm saying? Can we just say it opened I, up? Can we just say, Ref? Thank you for bringing it up. I believe shoplifters is still on uh, Hulu. Come on, y'all! You got watch. It, that it, it opened up us being willing to read subtitles and to see people that don't necessarily look like your neighbors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or maybe they do. Maybe, well, the shoplifters, they don't need to be my neighbor, but I will watch them from afar. <laughs> now, so in Dr. Brain, and I do not know Korean, my friends, so pardon the, the you know, pronunciation. We have Sewon, and we see him as a, a kid at school. He's done something at school that's very upsetting to his classmates, but he seems to be fine. His mother's called in and the teacher gives her a talking to. Okay. And they find out that Sewon is autistic, but his brain works in a very interesting way. Because early on, not too long after this meeting with the teacher, he witnesses the murder, or is it, of his mother. She's hit by a truck right in front of him. And afterward, when he's talking to the cops and whoever else, he knows and can say what the driver had on, what the driver was saying in the truck, the what the license plate was, what his mother said afterward as she was dying, recounts the whole thing in the most minute detail. Now, this leads to him becoming a neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, he's married. He has a young son. His son dies. The wife cannot accept it. He's not dead. Is he? What does it mean? And what Saywon is working on is a process to be able to sync your brain with someone else's and extract their memories. So, Ref, we'd be hooked up together and we could share memories and remember them after we're unsynced. Mm, sounds like uh, <laughs> sounds like another show that was on HBO with uh, Regina King <laughs> getting mm. the memories of her ancestor. I'm just saying. Mm. Now, how could this process work? Because he's a scientist. You have to go through, you know, you do your animal studies and then so on. Who's going to be the first human guinea pig? Oh, we know. You know. But what brain 
needs to be synced. Because at first, it only works with the recently dead. Okay. But then what? Mm-hmm. Now, after this human sink, he's approached by a shady investigator. This man says, hey, you know a certain guy who's ended up dead. Are you involved? Now, this man who's ended up dead knew Sewan's wife. Knew? Knows? What does that mean? Mm. Where is Sewan's wife? He goes, I don't know who you're talking about. The detectives show up. Same thing. Why? Mm. What was his connection between his wife and this man? What's his connection between this man and him as well? Uh-oh. Now, this leads him to furthering the sinking process. Can he get his wife's memories? Does that mean she's dead? I'm not saying. And when you have all these memories going, it's not like you, it's not like a computer where you go, okay, memory from this day, now I want you to come up. No. It's like your own memories. Can you access them? How? Is it in fragments? Can you tell your memories from other people's memories if you have them in your head? Now, with that said, I watched the first two episodes. Mm. Does that mean this is bad? It does not. This is like this. It has a murder mystery vibe with a bit of horror. Okay. So if you like that and you like the concept I just gave you, this is what you should do. Episode one, you'll know if you like the concept. Watching it. Episode two, you'll know, and this is the key, whether you're interested in the mystery. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I was cool watching it. It has stylish, you know, technique, all of that. It's created by a, a guy He knows exactly what he's doing. Okay, this is not his first rodeo. But I just didn't care so much about the mystery. Gotcha. But like you said, Ref, you do have to read subtitles as well. Well, there you go. Now, we need to end this thing. And record. of course, we've got a sneak peek of the spinoff of the show Miss- The Missing, which you have reviewed in its full and then you've also reviewed the first season of Baptiste, which is what we're going to uh, talk about in a moment on PBS, which, okay, what? How do you go from the missing to PBS on Baptiste? Okay, whatever, it, it happened. And it's final, but only you've seen it. <laughs> um, because uh, you were able to dip ahead and watch it. So we've concluded the second season Baptiste, who we know is always solving something crazy. Where are we at at this point? Yeah. Um, And in this final season of Baptiste, you know, if you are a PBS Passport member, you can watch the whole thing now. Otherwise, you have to, you know, catch it when you can. And we have Mr. Checky Carriol playing Julian Baptiste. Now, after season one, he has gone through it. I mean, he's lost his daughter. You know, his his marriage is on the rocks because he is just drawn to missing people, to going and helping people find their missing children. And he sees a new case. It's in Hungary. He ain't in Hungary. He sees it on television. He's alone eating and he goes, I need to go to Hungary. 
Now, this case is the British ambassador to Hungary, Emma Chambers, played by the inimitable Fiona Shaw. Yes. And she has a husband and two teenage sons. They go missing one day. Everybody except for her. She wakes up. Everybody's gone. What happened? Now, this family has already lost a child. Their daughter has been gone. And as a consequence of this, their younger son no longer speaks. He has certain tics and things like that. But he's very close to his older brother. Very, very, very close. And he's very close to his cell phone. Everywhere he is, the phone is as well. But she finds when she goes into their bedroom, eventually you'll see this. The cell phone is there without him. Oh, no, 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 no. So this becomes an international incident. They've got to find Mm -hmm. these people. Where are they? They try to check the woods from where they were staying because they were on vacation. Right. Now, she and the husband, they weren't clicking. They had problems in their relationship. And are there any witnesses who can help out? There are people who tell the cops certain things. But then, of course, Mr. Baptiste comes in. And you can tell him whatever you want, but you need to show him. And when you show him, he'll understand what mistake you made. And he'll say, are you sure? Couldn't it have been this? Because what you're saying makes no sense. And he starts to crack the case. But as we've seen in The Missing, as we've seen in season one of Baptiste, just because you think something has been cracked, it doesn't mean it's going to lead you to the correct end. So the deeper you get, the more confusing it might get. Now, we do have a detective here in Hungary. And, you know, she knows about Baptiste, but she doesn't want him really in the way. She appreciates what he's done. She's heard about him. But, you know, let me do my job. Mm -hmm. Of course, he doesn't listen. Of course, eventually she's going to need his help. However, there's certain things that happen because of him and because of certain things she does that puts her job in jeopardy. Now, she is the daughter of an immigrant, a Muslim man. He has his own shop in Hungary. How is he received by the Hungarians? Because there is a certain problem bubbling when it comes to immigration. What does that have to do with the missing husband and sons? Does this all connect? And if so, can Julien, can Emma, can the detective get to the bottom of it? Now, this is working in two timelines. When the missing happened and further forward, I think it's like 14 months in the future. 14 months in the future, Emma is in a wheelchair. How'd she get there? And she's going to visit Baptiste. They have not mm-hmm. seen each other for a while. And some people are like, why are you going after what he did? What did he do? And he now has hair all over his face and everything. Mm. He's, you know, he's drinking. He's knocking on people's doors late at night. What happened to him? And what she brings to him might be the clue they really need to crack this case 14 months later. Mm. So can they do it? And when they do, what's the message? Is it going to be what you expect? Okay. Ooh, it's some upsetting times coming. Now, when it comes to Baptiste season two, I liked it better than season one. But The Missing is just a better show. Of course. 
I love Baptiste. That's a part of it. Checky is just great as him. Fiona Shaw can do no wrong. Of course she can. I mean, some of the early work she was doing just with her breath, I was like, this is just, it's just masterful acting. Yeah. And they keep it going. Um, I would say episodes three and five out of six were the ones where you're like, mm, okay, we're dragging. Like, can we pick this up? Yeah. Can we pick it up? So it's not like the missing when when the missing goes, it you ain't nobody holding it back. Um, but I would say if you like the missing, check this out. But I would say this: if you don't like season one of Baptiste so much, you don't have to watch it to understand season two. Perfect. All right. Well, there you have it. We have an array of television for you to choose from. Again. You can go on those various platforms and check it out. We promise to keep you up to date here at Why Watch That. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.